0: This is Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Kevin Bessler. Coming up, we'll review the week's top stories about migrants coming to Illinois, Governor J.B. Pritzker's blind trust and investments coming into question, and a new study comparing Illinois' real estate markets. And we'll get commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. Listen to all our podcasts at americastalking.com. I'm Kevin Bessler.
1: If you're tired of the divisive rhetoric in our country today, then America's Talking Network is for you. America's Talking Network is a new podcast hub where you can find civil conversations. What does America need to be saved from? The birth of my son is the birth of this channel because when he was born, it completely changed the way I think about the world. Find out what's happening in our country. And of course, everyone's prices are going up around the country. If you've been to the grocery store, you've seen it. And if you've made a budget, you have probably had to increase your monthly allowance. For a lot of different things. And find out what's happening right here in our backyard of Illinois. The price you pay at the pump wherever you're buying your gasoline in Illinois is all inclusive of the taxes that are built into this thing.
2: That sort of explains why Illinois' average is significantly higher than the national average.
0: The only agenda that America's Talking Network has is to get America talking again. Go to americastalking.com to check out all of our podcasts. Once again, that's americastalking.com. Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Kevin Bessler. Here are some of the top stories from the past week. Chicago is now on Texas Governor Greg Abbott's list of bus stops for undocumented foreign nationals after flooding into the Lone Star State. Greg Bishop reports.
1: Wednesday night, around 60 migrants across the border illegally into Texas arrived in Chicago. Mayor Lori Lightfoot said they're directing resources where they can, but Lightfoot criticized Abbott for the move. But shame on him. He brings a stain upon our nation. This absolutely cannot continue. We've got to rally together in this time, help these people that are in need. Abbott recently told a crowd that officials from Washington, D.C. and New York City, where he's also sent buses, complain despite being self-proclaimed sanctuary cities.
0: But it shows that they are dealing with a trickle of what we deal with every single day and are incapable of handling it.
1: Abbott said the tactic will continue, bringing attention to a porous border, he said, because of lax immigration policies from President Joe Biden.
0: I'm Greg Bishop. An investigation has revealed that Governor J.B. Pritzker's investments include companies that earned more than $20 billion in state business since he took office. This, despite his 2019 promise to divest his personal fortune of investments in state contractors and to transfer his portfolio into what he calls a blind trust. David Jackson is a reporter for the Nonpartisan Better Government Association. He says they consulted numerous experts in government ethics and trust law who were skeptical of the so-called blind trust. Governor Pritzker knows what he put into the trust initially, and because he gets and must sign every year an ethics statement showing the names of the stocks that the trust holds, that it didn't really constitute a blind trust. In some cases, state dollars flowed to companies that were registered to lobby Pritzker, who as governor could influence the outcome of the contracts. A Pritzker campaign spokesperson said if the governor made any money from an investment linked to a state contract, it would go to charity. Illinois' 4th District Appellate Court has affirmed a Sangamon County Court's decision from June that blocks a petition that tried to remove Amendment 1 from the November ballot. Andrew Hensel reports. The case was brought by parents and teachers from Chicago Public Schools back in June, claiming that the proposed amendment codifying
1: collective bargaining issues would unconstitutionally enshrine union powers in the Illinois Constitution. The latest court action means the amendment will be on the November ballot for voters. The amendment has been met with pushback from some. Miley Smith, the Illinois Policy Institute, explained
0: why.
2: The state has ventured into the territory of the federal government, and under the Supremacy Clause of the U.S. Constitution, it can't do that.
1: Attorney General Kwame Raoul said that he is happy the amendment will remain on the ballot and believes
0: the decision to amend the Constitution should be up to the people and not the courts. I'm Andrew Hensel. Small businesses are on the front lines of combating retail theft. Greg Bishop has the story.
1: As retail crime continues to soar, Illinois business owners are taking measures to combat shoplifting at their storefront. According to Chris Davis, Illinois State Director of the National Federation of Independent Business.
2: 36% of small business owners are reporting uh, spending on new technology and new equipment, and a significant portion of that including surveillance and security equipment.
1: To curb the surge of retail theft, the governor signed a bill into law that creates the INFORM Act, allowing shoplifters to be charged with felonies depending on how much is stolen and from what establishments. Regardless, businesses are more mindful of their stores. They're finding themselves
2: spending more time in their businesses and and watching their stores fronts more closely. They're monitoring their stores. They're, They're looking to invest in technology.
1: The INFORM Act goes into effect starting January 1st, 2023.
0: I'm Greg Bishop. A new study comparing the best places to buy a house in the country frowns on numerous Illinois cities. The personal finance website WalletHub compared 300 cities of varying sizes using 17 indicators of housing market attractiveness and economic strength.
2: So that ranges from everything from median home price appreciation to things like job growth, so not just the real estate itself, but also affordability and
0: the economic environment. That is analyst Joe Gonzalez. At the bottom of the list is Peoria, but several other Illinois cities rank near the bottom, including Joliet, Chicago, Elgin, Waukegan, and Aurora. Gonzalez says Illinois' labor market is playing a role in the poor scores.
2: Uh, Just when we're looking at things
0: like job growth, we're seeing either very stagnant rates or, for the most part in Illinois, some decreases in terms of jobs. Six of the top ten cities for the best real estate markets were located in Texas. Those are the top stories of the week from Illinois. Find more online at americastalking.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Kevin Bessler.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is the cross-talk segment of the Illinois in Focus podcast, part of the America's Talking Network. I'm Dan McCaleb, executive editor of The Center Square. Publisher Chris Krug has the day off. So joining me today is Greg Bishop, associate editor and senior Illinois reporter. Greg, how you doing?
1: Dan, I'm doing good. Another busy, busy week in Illinois.
2: <laughs> you got that right. We're recording this on uh, Thursday, September 1st, and we had some breaking news uh, last night uh, here in Illinois, and uh, that you, you also followed up on this morning, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who has been uh, bussing uh, migrants who crossed the border illegally uh, in Texas, previously to Washington, D.C. and in, in New York City. Well, the first bus arrived to Chicago uh, last night. Tell us about this.
1: Yeah, so around 60 uh, foreign nationals who crossed the border illegally into Texas uh, arrived in Chicago just after 8 o'clock Wednesday night. Uh, and this is a, a pattern that um, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has has followed. Uh, and I think the numbers are upwards to 10,000 undocumented migrants uh, from uh, illegally crossing the border uh, have been, have been bused to different locations. At first it was Washington DC uh, and then governor Abbott sent them to New York city. Uh, now, apparently uh, a third bus stop that's now on his list is Chicago. Uh, so those uh, migrants arriving uh, overnight uh, on a bus from Texas uh, and apparently they, they uh, even the Chicago Sun Times was, Interviewing some of the the migrants, and uh, they they voluntarily chose to get onto the bus. Uh, some of them thinking that they wanted to go to New York, but when they heard Chicago, they they hopped on. Um, so the the reaction from Illinois officials uh, has has been one that uh, highlights uh, what Illinois has been known for being a sanctuary state. But at the same time, uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is very critical of Greg Abbott. Uh, uh, even going as far as saying that these are uh, racist tactics and uh, saying that um, he put the migrants in harm's way uh, by, by quote, throwing them onto a bus. But from my understanding, that is not the case. Now, the next steps here are how they're exactly going to be um, providing benefits in Chicago. And are these uh, migrants going to be staying in Chicago? Uh, one other... Um, a um, uh, voice that, uh, that was gathered from that mix up there in Chicago indicated that they were looking to connect with a friend in Louisville, Kentucky. So that gives you a bit of an indication of even though they were bused sh- to Chicago, they may not stay in Chicago and could uh, eventually get into to other areas of Illinois or other parts of the country as well.
2: Right. As you mentioned, Mayor Lightfoot's um, immediate response and and also Governor Pritzker's immediate response was to say that uh, um, they will welcome uh, these these uh, foreign nationals who entered the country illegally uh, and both also, as you mentioned, blasted um, Texas Governor uh, Greg Abbott. Governor Abbott has been doing this since April uh, with um, uh, Washington D.C. and since June with uh, New York City. The mayors of those two cities have seen a lot more than sixty, as you mentioned. Chicago uh, got uh, uh, welcomed sixty of them last night. Um, They've gotten in the thousands, um, and they say uh, that they've run out of resources, or they don't have the resources. Um, to accept these, uh, these migrants, and they've been highly critical of the Texas governor. The Texas governor's response has been, we've been experiencing this surge in illegal immigration um, since President Biden took office. More than 4 million uh, immigrants by federal data have crossed the border uh, since President Biden took office. Most of them In small Texas communities that are on the southern border. So his response is we've been dealing with this for well over a year and a half. Our communities are overwhelmed. Um, No one else has stepped up um, to help us to say uh, President Biden should close the border. Um, So this is what we have to do.
1: Yeah, and on that note, um, overnight, uh, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot out of Chicago uh, did take a few moments with members of the media in Chicago and, uh, you know, blasted Abbott, uh, said that they're going to do what they can to work with nonprofits and also provide um, city resources uh, for these 60 migrants. Uh, But she said there has to be a better way to do this, uh, critical of Abbott's move here. And just to kind of uh, step back into what Abbott said He's highlighting how the border is wide open and they're dealing with that flood of uh, immigrants. Now, we do have a statement that just came in from uh, Illinois House Speaker Emmanuel Chris Welch, Dan, that I wanted to share with you. Um, he said that uh, Illinois is going to remain a welcoming state. Uh, but then he also goes on to say what Texas Governor Greg Abbott is doing is, quote, abhorrent. He said, using men, women, and children seeking asylum as political pawns is inhumane. While he's wasting $12 million of taxpayer funds on these stunts, Welch says Illinois will be working with state and federal officials to ensure that new Americans find opportunity, peace, and a new home in Illinois. So I imagine we'll be seeing a lot more of this now that Chicago is considered one of the bus stops for Greg Abbott's um uh plan here uh to deal with the the migrant crisis in his neck of the woods yeah. uh, so i don't think that we're going to see the end of this this the 60 uh migrants on this bus is is far from going to be the end
2: interesting comments from speaker welsh just want to react to two of those things interesting that he used the these new Americans um term of course they aren't uh, uh, uh Americans they're foreign nationals who for, for their own reasons, decided to illegally cross the U.S. border. And the second thing was uh, the comment about um, wasting $12 million in taxpayer funds. Texas, out of its own state budget, has now spent well over $2 billion uh, uh, performing border security efforts um, because the federal government um, is not Um, doing that. So this has been a big hit. Of course, this is the Illinois in Focus podcast at the center square, the centersquare.com. We cover the entire country. We cover all 50 states. So at the center square, we've been been, um, writing about and talking about this border crisis essentially uh, since day one of uh, the Biden administration. So, you know, I, I can understand Some of these points and some of these criticisms of Governor Abbott, but Governor Abbott and the state of Texas and Texas taxpayers have been dealing with this now since January of uh, 2021. Um, um, So I I guess I can see both sides.
1: Well, and also something to consider, too, is uh, I think uh, Abbott in the past has requested National Guard presence. Um, I'm curious if if that's going to be uh, one of the, the the ideas that could help solve this issue uh, and if uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Governor J.B. Pritzker may uh, consider that uh, using possibly Illinois National Guard uh, to help with the the border crisis.
2: Yeah, I, I, I kind of doubt it. Uh, Abbott has gotten help from other states' um, national guards, but they've been mostly red states, states run by uh, Republican governors of Illinois, of course, is not that. But, you know, if, if, if Governor Pritzker wants to help out, um, that, that's a, certainly a good option.
1: We'll keep an eye on it, Dan, that's for sure.
2: All right. Another story um, uh, you wrote about this week, uh, Greg, has to do with a pretty damning audit report of the Illinois Department of Employment Services. Lots of findings of failures, within IDES tell us about what uh, some of those findings were yeah sometimes
1: looking at these uh, audits that the Illinois Auditor General does it's typically like a one page and it says there's one audit finding of maybe some computers that the state agency couldn't keep track of and and that's kind of typical we see that a lot Uh, but with these regular audits that the Illinois Auditor General does uh, the most recent one of the Illinois Department of Employment Security, uh, it it had 26 different findings. And all wow. but three of those findings showed significant deficiencies. And this audit was done during the peak for, for the years, two years, during the peak of the pandemic. And if people don't know what uh, IDES does, they are the state's unemployment agency. So they utilize tax dollars from the federal government, from the state's employers, uh, and they pay out unemployment claims. Now, Anybody who's lived in the past two and a half years realized that unemployment spiked to historic levels uh, in the spring of 2020 after Governor J.B. Pritzker's stay-at-home order. There were times, I think, Dan, where we had $200,000 plus per week in Illinois uh, claiming unemployment benefits. And then we had the string of fraud, of like even you and several others within the company uh, had uh, your identity compromised with uh, fraudulent payments either going out or notifications that you had applied for unemployment when you had a job. This was happening for weeks, let alone the unemployment agency not being open to the public for well over a year, phone lines being clogged up. So, I think it was pretty clear there were significant deficiencies with the Illinois Department of Employment Security. This okay. most recent audit solidifies that. And I think one of the largest problems that the audit found was that uh the pandemic unemployment assistance dollars they were able to determine about 430,000 people were paid a total of 8.16 billion dollars. Beyond that, though, Dan, there's not much else that they could glean from the audit. They said from auditor's perspective, they had to manipulate the data. They had to try to reorganize the data, make it more readable, make it more auditable. And even after doing that, they still couldn't determine whether or not those who were paid those unemployment dollars uh, were actually due that benefit. Uh, And you got to keep in mind, we spent 8.1%. $1 One billion just in the pandemic unemployment assistance fund, and we don't know how much of that was fraud. Uh, meanwhile, taxpayers still on the hook for about 1.8 billion dollars in debt at uh, carries interest.
2: Yeah, this uh, of course, Illinois is one of the few state handful of states that uh, had to borrow money from the federal government as the unemployment rolls, you know, skyrocketed during the height of uh, the pandemic. One of the things you have uh, uh, been vigilant about is figuring out how much fraud there has been as other states across the country have reported billions of dollars in uh, fraudulent payouts to, to folks who didn't deserve the um, unemployment benefits. Illinois has been lagging. Um, we've, we asked the, the governor's office and, 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 and others, when are we going to get that number? When are we going to get that number? I think this audit points to why we haven't gotten that number yet.
1: Yeah, uh, because the books are not in order. Uh, And again, that was just one of 26 different audit findings. There were findings in there about the agency over that two-year span not reconciling monthly reports, uh, which is kind of staggering just to think about. They're not coming back and and finishing up finalized monthly reports. Uh, Another one was um, that uh, they didn't have proper control over confidential information, Uh, So the audit was 60 pages long, 26 different findings, and it really highlights um, a a significant problem within this state agency. Now, I talked with State Representative Dan Ugasti. He's a Republican from Geneva. He's been uh, critical of the agency and the lack of transparency for for years now, it seems. Uh, But he says this is just another reason why there needs to be a change in leadership. At the top in the governor's office, I reached out to the governor's office and the governor's campaign for comments to that specific issue, and I didn't hear back.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate, and it's it's kind of sad the state that ID's is in. They need to get their act together. Um, another interesting story this week from uh, the Center Square is Kevin Bessler um, reporting on some some good work that the uh, nonpartisan watchdog Better Government Association. Um, did on Gover- Governor Pritzker, of course, he's a, a the billionaire heir of the Hyatt Hotel uh, chain. Um, when he became governor, um, he said he put his all, all of his um, finances in a trust. But the Better Government Association discovered that um, uh, companies that do business with the state of Illinois, while Governor Pritzker uh, is in office, uh, earn more than 20 billion dollars in state business. That's interesting. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, uh,
1: of course, we heard a lot about this type of thing uh, under the previous administration, um, Republican Governor Bruce Rauner. He was a, uh, um, a millionaire. Uh, I think some even characterize him as a billionaire, either way, a venture capitalist with a lot of money and a lot of investments. And there were uh, just numerous stories all throughout the Rauner administration about what he was invested in and whether or not there were some conflicts of interest. Well, incoming Governor Bruce uh, J.B. Pritzker in 2019, um, of course, having a wealth of more than $3 billion, according to Forbes, uh, the question was, how is he going to manage his investments if he's the executive of a large state like Illinois? Uh, So he sets up a blind trust and stands by that blind trust and says he does not know what's in that blind trust. But the Better Government Association found that uh, even though there's that blind trust set up, there are companies that uh, the the governor is invested in that's getting state tax dollars. And even three of the companies had lobbyists registered to be able to lobby Pritzker directly. That's according to the BGA report. Now, um, the governor's campaign did say that... uh, the governor, uh, if he makes any money from these investments, it would go to charity. Uh, they they stand by saying it's a blind trust. He doesn't know what is being invested in. Uh, even when the BGA looked at this earlier this year, the governor said directly he only learned of his investments because of a BGA report. But the BGA seems to um, poke some holes in that uh, just with uh, annual reports that the that the governor could access regardless of uh, a blind trust being set up. So there's some significant questions here, uh, especially when you see a number of $20 billion in state contracts that some of the companies the governor has invested in a blind trust uh, that's got people asking about conflicts of interest.
2: Yeah, interesting, but good work by the Better Government Association and also our Kevin Bessler for for, for reporting on that story. It's something uh, Illinois uh, residents need to be aware of. Uh, but moving on, uh, Greg, speaking of billions or maybe millions of dollars, it is campaign season. We've got an election uh, in Illinois in November. Um, Imagine that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Another election.
2: Another election. Um, And uh, our our reporting shows that um, Illinois Democrats have a huge, huge advantage when it comes to fundraising. Um, uh, You wrote on this this week, Governor Pritzker has given himself $125 million this year alone. And most Republican candidates are lagging uh, uh, behind their uh, Democratic counterparts when it comes to fundraising.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not just lagging a little; it's a lot. Uh, and the governor giving himself 125 million just this year, uh, he's given himself actually over 303 million since he first started running for governor. Uh, some question, you know, the why somebody would pay 300 million dollars to take a job that pays six figures. And apparently, from my understanding, the governor is not even taking his salary as governor. Uh, so you know it's a lot of money involved in Illinois politics, uh, but it dwarfs uh, what the Republican contender, uh, State Senator Darren Bailey, has on hand. Now, for people who don't know how these these dollars can can move around in Illinois politics, the governor can give himself, for instance, he gave himself in January ninety million dollars, and then I think he gave himself another thirty five million um, uh, in in March, uh, and and these dollars can go from the governor's fund to the Democratic Party of Illinois fund and then it can go from there to individual candidates so you can see how that money can matriculate out from all these different funds Um, the Republicans don't have near that cash amount and with the departure of Ken Griffin who's the billionaire owner of Citadel uh, that was a big money donor for Republicans He's no longer in Illinois, and uh, that has some questioning.
2: He relocated his company to to Florida, to South Florida.
1: Yeah, uh, after uh, complaining about crime and taxes in the state of Illinois, and even after he gave uh, failed Republican gubernatorial candidate Richard Irvin $50 million before the June primary. Uh, So with Ken Griffin no longer in the state, people are questioning how are Republicans going to find those donors? Uh, and I talked briefly with Don Tracy, the uh, chairman of the Illinois Republican Party, and he said, essentially, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, that they are, you know, rebuilding the party. They're finding those grassroots donors, and they can't depend upon mega donors. He said. But earlier this week, uh, State Senator Darren Bailey did get a one million dollar donation from Richard Uline, uh, the owner of uh, Uline Corporation. Um, This is after ULINE has already given Bailey $3 million before the June primary. But ULINE has been primarily giving to people who play by the rules pack, the political action committee that opposes Governor J.B. Pritzker. And uh, ULINE's given people who play by the rules pack $20 million. So there's a lot of money at play here. But also interesting to note, Dan, is it's not just the political candidates that are getting funds, Uh, Just in August alone, $3.2 million from various labor unions, two of which gave a million dollars each to a group that's supporting a constitutional amendment that's on the ballot. Uh, It's a labor amendment that would codify collective bargaining rights in the state of Illinois, and that's going to be in front of voters. So that's another big money issue that we're going to see a lot of dollars poured into before we get to the November election.
2: And we're going we're gonna to get to Ed, Ed, Amendment 1 in just a second. Um, but just to follow up, the, the, <clears throat> you mentioned uh, former Governor Bruce Rauner, a Republican, a multimillionaire, many, many times over, worth hundreds of millions of dollars. He's pretty much all but disappeared from Illinois politics when, when he was running and when he was in office. You know, he generously gave to Republicans, too. So that's another big donor that Republicans in the state um, have lost. That's right. Um, All right, let's move on to this Amendment 1. Uh, This is a topic that um, I don't think is very well covered across Illinois. We Here at the Center Square, Greg, you and your team have done uh, uh, a good job trying to educate voters. First, there was some news this week uh, on the Amendment 1 front. First, if you could just briefly describe what Amendment 1 is and what voters are going to have to be asked to decide on in November yeah.
1: So um, the amendment—it's uh, the only amendment that's going to be on the ballot. It's a question for voters uh, on whether to amend the Illinois Constitution to essentially put into the state's constitution uh, the right for employees to organize and bargain for a variety of things. You know, typically we think of people bargaining for wages or hours, uh, but this would include working conditions. Uh, and a variety of other issues that would be codified in the state constitution, uh, and this is a question that's going to be up for voters. Lawmakers approved this question last year, and it really hasn't had much play in reporting throughout the state. Uh, maybe a story here or there, but um, most recently this week, a uh, appellate court affirmed a lower court's decision to block uh, a petition that was trying to keep the amendment from the November ballot. So earlier this year, um, several groups and parents of uh, students at a Chicago public school, they sued saying that uh, this shouldn't be on the ballot. Uh, It made its way through the courts, but ultimately the appellate court blocking that petition, giving the green light for the ballot initiative to be in front of voters this November. Uh, But there's a lot of uh, criticism about the amendment, people saying it goes too far, people saying that it's going to increase the cost of labor, especially for uh, public sector employees, uh, giving the labor unions more power than local legislators or even those who manage city halls or villages uh, and uh, could lead to, to tax increases and property tax increases in particular. Uh, if the cost of labor goes up because they are able to collectively bargain uh, for a variety of different issues, uh, meanwhile, those who support this say it's a labor right amendment. It's going to help workers, uh, but ultimately, this is all going to be up to voters in November.
2: Right, a, a new group even formed uh, to to oppose. Uh, the amendment, urging voters to vote against it. Citizens Advisory Coalition to Save Illinois. As you mentioned, critics of the amendment say it will lead to, rate, uh, it will lead to higher uh, taxes because it will lead to higher costs of government workers. Um, so uh, just urge voters to get informed. Listen to both sides, take a look at the facts, and, and, and make sure you're, you're informed before you, you go to the polls on November, or in November 8th or if you vote early um earlier than that.
1: Yeah, September 29th, <clears throat> believe it or not, but uh that's
2: less than a month away.
1: and September that's 1 right now. Yeah. yeah and and one thing to to also just highlight and and touch back on the political financing of all of this. I think we're going to see a last minute push for mailers and um TV ads uh and a variety of other types of messaging from from both sides of this equation. Um I don't know if that's if that's a strategy uh, or how that's going to ultimately impact voters. But uh, I think voters uh, are already being hit with a lot of political advertising. I imagine in the weeks ahead, they're going to be hit with messaging about this labor amendment that's in front of voters
2: in November. Well, thanks for all the insight you give us, uh, Greg. Uh, Please get informed, as I said. But that's all the time we have here on the Crosstalk segment for Greg Bishop. I'm Dan McCaleb. Now back
0: to Kevin Bessler for a look at what we're
2: working on next week.
0: Next week, we will follow up on the illegal immigrant situation in Illinois, and if any more buses arrive from Texas, and how Chicago and other cities will handle the inflow. Governor J.B. Pritzker stated that Illinois welcomes refugees, asylum seekers, and immigrants. This has been Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Kevin Bessler.